This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you. Before we welcome our guest, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents right here on the WVSA Digital Network. Back on the program, we're excited to have her back, Rachel Hayes, Certified Strength and Conditioning Coach. Rachel, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me, Marcus. It's always a pleasure to get on here and talk about uh, all things related to soccer and strength conditioning. Well, we're excited to have you, and we've got a great topic today to talk about. It's sort of going to be maybe a hodgepodge of some various things, maybe some things that maybe we're focused on a little too much when it comes to strength and conditioning, being in the weight room, maybe some things that we're doing incorrectly or maybe better ways to do it. Uh, just some random thoughts, I guess, from from our perspective and getting the uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach uh, approach on that. Are you ready? Ready to go. All right, here we go. My first question that I have for you is, do we emphasize, do we place too much emphasis on running, do you believe? Yeah, um, I think that's a common, um, kind of a common um, an emphasis that a lot of soccer players and a lot of soccer coaches um, and maybe even parents like to put on um, their soccer athletes because, um, yes, soccer is like, you know, it's a long game. Um, it's a game of endurance. Um, you know, the field is large. There is a lot of running. Um, but, you know, more is not always better, um, especially nowadays with kids. Um, you know, they play club. They play high school. Um, they're getting a lot of running. Um, and, and that's not to say, you know, going out for, um, you know, a, a mild run or, um, you know, whatever, whatever form of fitness training you like to do. It's not to say that that's not um, can't be uh, beneficial or uh, helpful, but, um, a lot, you know, a lot of my kids will come and tell me, you know, well, I want to get in better shape and, um, you know, how much should I be running? Should I run more? And, um, it's not always just, it's not always that simple. And so I think a lot of times, um, there's just a little bit too much emphasis placed on long distance running, um, because soccer is a game of speed too. Um, and you know, it's a contact sport and there's a lot of other, uh, a lot of other things that can be focused on or trained um, other than just, you know, straight, straight distance running. Um, so I think, um, you know, finding that balance um, and working on, you know, um, individual weaknesses, you know, you may have a kid who's really, really fit, can last the whole game. They may not really need a lot of endurance training. They may not need to run a lot of extra. They may need to, you know, shift their focus on speed work or strength work, which, you know, we'll get into, um, I think, um, later on in the uh, podcast. Yeah, you know, soccer is such a unique sport just because it, like you mentioned, it's a change of speed sport. It's a non-linear um, sport as far as direction. You're running diagonally. You're running side to side. You're running forward. You're running backwards. Um, I think a lot of that uh, should probably go into to in to uh, uh, into when you're thinking about running and and that kind of thing. Whether it's long distance, whether it's sprints, things along that lines. Would you agree? Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, changing up, um, you know, changing up direction, changing up intensity, um, you know, other than just focusing on, you know, I'm going to go run three miles or uh, what, yes, aerobic, uh, aerobic fitness is a, is a component, but, um, you know, does it really 
does that really transfer? Does that really help soccer players to do a lot of that? Um, is kind of, you know, in my opinion, not necessarily the best the best practice for them. Now, an, another question that I have for you, and this kind of maybe goes a little bit into it. Um, normally, when we think of lifting, when we think of uh, strength and conditioning training, um, I don't think a lot of people put into some of the things that maybe athletes should be considering to help that development, to help that improvement. One of those areas I think is extremely overlooked is sleep. Talk to us a little bit. Um, I mean, I know you're not a sleep expert, but talk to us a little bit about the fact of if we're not concentrating on getting that rest, what does that do to the athlete when they get into the weight room to do strength and conditioning? Um, yeah, definitely. Sleep is um, definitely overlooked. Um, I think just simply from the fact, simply for the fact that um, it, it, it's such a simple answer and such a simple thing. And, and I think that's really hard for um, athletes um, or parents to buy into or believe that, yeah, if my kids would just get, you know, more sleep, that could really make such a difference. Um, uh, but yeah, having um, a sleep deficit um, or getting really poor quality sleep, you know, maybe you sleep with the TV on or you wake up throughout the night and you're looking at your phone or um, sleep hygiene is kind of a, um, a good term to use in that uh, regard. You can Google that term and find a lot of good information um, from sleep.org. Um, but as far as, you know, it affecting um, performance, um, you know, it, it impacts coordination. Um, it impacts um, focus. Um, it just, it's just critical, um, especially for youth and, you know, adult, at the adolescent ages. There's so much going on in their bodies to begin with. Um, and so, um, you know, another thing is that, the majority, a lot of the recovery process uh, from training, whether it be weight training or soccer training, occurs during sleep. Um, different phases of sleep have different um, have different benefits. Um, you know, a lot of immune function and immune strengthening, um, a lot of uh, release of different hormones that um, trigger um, recovery. Um, so it's just a really, it's, it's, it's sleep is medicine for sure. Um, and I think it just kind of gets, um, you know, overlooked um thankfully um there's a lot more research coming out about it um a lot more information that's um prevalent so you know it's it's slowly becoming more of a of a focus and and it's mentioned a lot more as far as you know the athletic um you know balance and and keeping um athletes healthy and getting better but you know there's still a long way to go um you know when you're talking about the adolescent age youth age um like, like you said, I'm not a sleep expert, but I do believe at that age, they're kind of, they're kind of, their body clocks are wired to keep them uh, awake. They, they're kind of more alert later in the night. So that can be challenging. But again, referring to that sleep hygiene, you know, trying to shut, shut the blue lights off, shut the TV screens off, trying to, um, you know, prepare yourself to sleep, just like you would, you know, warm up for a soccer game. You want to kind of um, prepare your mindset, get ready for bed. Um, you know, wind down for the evening so that you're getting that, that good quality sleep that's going to help you. You know, my daughter is a, a D2 uh, uh, college soccer player, and I remember a couple of weeks ago I 
texted her after her lifting session with her team. And uh, I asked her, I said, so how did it go? She said, eh. she goes, it wasn't my best day. She said, uh, I didn't sleep that well the night before. Mm-hmm. And she went in there and, she, you know, she complained the, the fact that you know, because she didn't sleep well, um, her focus was off. Um, she wasn't lifting, um, the normal weights that she, you know, the, you know, numbers that she was doing, you know, prior the last mm-hmm. session. Um, and also too, she felt a little bit that she was maybe a little bit overcompensating because she was tired for, for different areas, which, you know, obviously affects your lifting, um, you know, cause your body will overcompensate for what it, what it lacks. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously that usually translates into form being not great. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It can, um, you can definitely, you know, if, if you're used to sleeping, you know, well and, and getting a certain you know quantity of sleep every night and, and then you have an off, you know, an off night, you definitely can feel the effects of that. Um, and, you know, and, and, reverse you have people who who, kids who don't who don't even realize that they could feel much better and have much more productive training sessions um you know if they would um you know try to dial in that sleep a little bit talk to us a little bit about those who are seeking sport specific training when in the weight room yeah that term sport specific is a really um really popular term and it's and it can be applied to just about any sport. Um, you know, a lot of sport coaches and a lot of sport parents um, or parents of athletes, you know, can kind of get um, sold, for lack of a better word, on um, sport-specific training. Um, and in the strength and conditioning world, um, you know, you, you do have a camp of coaches who, who, um, who may subscribe to that. Uh, but overall, you know, the sport that you play is the sport-specific part. So what we do in the weight room is is really general, um, and that's and that's kind of the philosophy that I prescribe uh, or subscribe to. Um, you know, we're trying to do um, you know certain movement patterns. Um, you know, squatting on two legs, maybe squatting um, in a split stance, which you know you could say is a little more um, a little more specific to soccer because there's so much running and um, but. The general patterns, you know, bench press, chin up, we're really just trying to um, develop the body, balance it out, um, and let the sport part take care of the specificness. So, you know, you see a lot of things that um, are marketed, you know, look at this exercise, um, look how it looks like soccer, look how it looks like tennis or what have you. Um, and, you know, nowadays kids are getting, they're getting a lot of sport specific. So, to me, you want to balance that out, do some general things, help them move better, um, increase their strength, increase their body awareness, um, and then let the sports specific part take care of itself on the field. Another aspect I know that soccer players focus on a lot is speed work. Talk to us a little bit about the misapplication of that speed work with them. Yeah, that's really, really common. Um, and I think it's not necessarily um, – you know, the intention with a coach or the intention with a parent isn't necessarily um, bad. You know, they want their kid to be more explosive um, or, you know, if you're an athlete listening and you want to work on being more explosive, you think, oh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go run some sprints or I'm going to go, you know, do some hill sprints or, um, and that's great. Um, but there's a couple things with that. Um, a lot of times um, it's just because people don't know or athletes don't know that to, 
train speed work, um, you need to have quality sessions. So, um, you know, doing a bunch of reps, you know, saying I'm going to go do 20 sprints. Well, that's just a lot of sprints. That's a lot of, of really taxing work on the body. Um, and then it also kind of becomes conditioning. So um, I think the main thing with, with speed work, and this can apply to a lot of sports, is that a coach or a parent or what, a kid will get out there and, and they're like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sprint 25 yards. Well, then they turn right around and do another one. So it becomes kind of a conditioning session rather than just focus on that pure speed work. Um, and so what I would say to a parent or coach and athlete is if you want to work on speed, um, you know, keep, keep the amount of reps that you do really low um, and give yourself full recovery. So, you know, you might only sprint, um, you know, 50 yards, walk back, give yourself a good minute and then go again. So it's, you get full attention on that speed. You get repeatable speed, um, and you're not turning it into a, con- uh, you know, a conditioning session, which is um, entirely different. Um, you know, I, I think a big thing that gets overlooked, I think, from maybe the athlete and maybe the coach and maybe even the parent's point of view is the mechanics behind it because there's so much into it, um, especially like from the arms perspective, when you're, mm-hmm. you know, because if you get your mechanics down properly and you, and you have, and you have good mechanics when you sprint, when you run, mm-hmm. that makes so much more difference in the, the, the level that you can go to as far as speed, the length of time that you can do, because I see kids that will run on a soccer field and they run with the crossed arms. Like, you know, when, when they take that one right. step and that left arm crosses their entire body mm-hmm. and then it's like a back and forth type of thing. If they were get that mm-hmm. with the, with the arms to the side and you know, those proper, I mean, I'm sitting here doing it in on this interview <laughs> of how those proper arms yeah. are. And you know, my daughter's strength and conditioning coach through the years as she was growing up, that was one big thing that he was really emphasizing and did a lot of work with was making sure that those arm mechanics were there because he said, you know, it keeps your body straight. It keeps your body you know, in, in symmetry. And it was just so, so wonderful. Talk to us a little bit about those mechanics. Yeah. Um, it's, that's definitely a, a really, um, a detailed, like a lot involved. Um, there's some really good resources out there. Um, the, there's a, um, uh, Altis, A-L-T-I-S, uh, is a group out in Arizona that does a lot of, puts out a lot of good information about, um, mechanics. I know Erica Sutter, which you've had on the show before, um, and is on Twitter, uh, puts out a lot of really good information about breaking down mechanics. Um, I think that, um, you kind of, you can run a fine line with mechanics part, you, you know, you can definitely clean it up. Like you mentioned with the arms, you can work on knee drive, um, different parts of sprinting, acceleration, um, and so forth. But, um, you know, it really is a skill, um, and just, you know, like learning a soccer skill, you, you want to break it down, um, and practice quality movements, you know, just doing, you know, more dribbling, um, may or may not be better for you. Maybe there's, you know, something you should focus on, uh, how you're dribbling or, um, you know, control of the ball, those types of things. But the mechanics piece can really make a difference. Um, and again, you know, focusing on quality, if you're trying to fit in or cram in a bunch of, um, you know, reps of sprinting and it turns into conditioning, well, then your mechanics kind of fall apart and you start to get that breakdown in the upper body, um, you know, the arms crossing, it becomes inefficient. And then again, like you're just, you know, you're not really, you're not really targeting speed. You're, you're just more or less 
um, you know, getting a conditioning session in, which um, may or may not be beneficial for you. It may just be making you tired, which, you know, um, doesn't really help anybody. Um, doesn't mean it's a good workout. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, that quality is, is so important. You're so correct when you talk about that, just for the fact of, um, you know, I've seen strength and conditioning coaches that will tell the players, just, just take a break for a little bit. You know, I want, I want mm-hmm. you, I want you to do it right. I want, I want the mechanics to be good. I don't want you to be so fatigued that you're doing improper mechanics because then you're not, you're not helping yourself in any way, shape or form. So. Right. Yeah. Um, really, I, um, I did a little bit of, um, uh, a course on, on, on short sprints. It was a, more of a track and field course, but uh, through the, the Altus group that I just mentioned, um, and really a speed session, um, the majority of time in that session should be spent recovering. Like it's, it's mind blowing and it's really hard for coaches to step back, you know, because they feel like, well, my kids aren't working, they're just standing around or whatnot. Well, that they're recovering so that they can repeat that quality, um, that quality speed. I agree. I agree a million percent on that. Um, final question that I have for you, uh, today, Rachel, uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the consistency of weight training. There's so many different thoughts, I guess, out there from various places. And, um, I think sometimes weight training gets overlooked in an athlete's development. Talk to us about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and there's, a, there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, there's, there's more than one way to look at, um, you know, the frequency that, that um, an athlete is lifting weights. Um, but, but the most important thing is that it's consistent. Um, you know, during season, which for a lot of soccer athletes, like I said, they're playing in club. They're also playing in high school. Or, you know, they've got practice at club. They've got practice at high school. Um, there's always a lot going on. But um, if you've got, if you can, you know, find someone that's, um, you know, qualified and, and able to help help you organize those training sessions, um, there's really no reason that a soccer athlete should not be able to lift uh, at minimum twice a week. Um, my kids at the high school where I am, um, we lift twice a week through the off season, which is off season for high school, and then once a week um, when they're in season for high school. Um, but the main thing is that it's staying consistent, and I think that um, what happens a lot of times is, uh, you know, athletes will be really good in, the, in their quote off season they'll work out and then you know season starts and they think oh I don't I, you know I can't lift anymore or you know I'll get to that eventually well what happens is you know they get halfway through season and they think well I'll just jump back in the weight room well that can cause a lot of like you know immense soreness because they've neglected to stay consistent with their training um, so the soreness is unpleasant um, it can you know cause you to be stiff um, you're doing um, you know, unfamiliar movement patterns or, or, you know, movements that you haven't done in a while, um, you know, can, can lead to potentially, you know, injuring yourself. And not to mention, um, you know, the body, if we're looking at it from a biological perspective, um, training or weight training is a stimulus. So if you're playing soccer all season, all season, and then all of a sudden you decide, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to do a random weight session. Well, now you've introduced a new stimulus into your system and it's not adjusted to that. So, um, you know, that base level where you were just trying to recover from soccer practice, soccer games. Now you've got this new stimulus where your body's like, oh, my gosh, like now I have this other thing. And it just takes a lot of energy. Um, it can be, you know, really tiresome. So the consistency is really key for athletes. Um, you know, even if you're in season or even if you've got a busy week, just try to get 
into the weight room or do some sort of strength training, you know, even once a week, just trying to keep things consistent so your body isn't, you know, doesn't go into shock mode and, um, you know, you don't lose what you've built. One thing that disappoints me is uh, when coaches get teams into season and they leave strength and conditioning all by the wayside because of the season, which I think is such a huge mistake. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, you lose, um, you know, a huge chunk of, of training time. Um, you know, there's a, you think about the training season or the in-season period is really um, an unbroken period of time where you can get a lot of good quality training sessions. And, you know, even with my kids, even if it's once a week, you know, by the end of season, that's 12 to 15 sessions that you know they haven't missed and it and you can still continue to build strength you can still continue to keep movement patterns fresh you can still work on things um just that that consistent part is just so important as we wrap things up here uh rachel i just got one i i I said i had one more question but i actually got one more question now um i am a huge huge cheerleader for strength and conditioning having access to a strength and conditioning coach, uh, whether it's with your school, uh, whether it's with your college, whether you go out on your own and find someone that's a strength and conditioning coach and working with them. Talk to us just briefly about the benefits of having a strength and conditioning coach in your athlete's life. Yeah, I think it's, um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of it as well. Um, I think a strength coach, you know, um, a qualified strength coach, which has different meaning for everybody, you know, uh, someone who's certified, um, someone who's, you know, had experience training um, the population that you belong in, um, someone that can understand, um, you know, the year-round athletes. Um, so qualifications can mean a lot of things, but, um, you know, the strength coach has the ability to kind of like step back and separate the sport from the training and so that perspective is just really priceless um, and being able to give the athlete, um, you know, whether it be, you know, performance gains or injury reduction. Um, I think it's just, there's so many aspects, um, so many benefits that a strength coach can bring um, because it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's not the sport. Um, it's not sport skill. Um, it's something that's meant to, um, you know, build and enhance the athlete. Um, it definitely should never take precedent. Um, and so if you have a qualified strength coach in place, uh, she or he should, you know, keep that in mind always that, you know, the amount of weight that you lift, um, while, you know, it's important to make progress, the amount of weight that we lift is really not the point of it. The point of it is to help that athlete perform his or her sport better. Um, and so, yeah, um, I definitely, um, have an advocate for, for seeking out, um, a qualified strength coach um, wherever you are. And I think also to uh, a huge benefit, and I know it's benefited my daughter tremendously injury wise, um, mm-hmm. you know, let, uh, you know, knock on wood, uh, you know, she's had very minor injuries over her career since she started going to a strength and conditioning coach, you know, and it continues. And uh, like I've told her a number of times, I said, you know, your benefit to the team is you being available you being available right. to play and contribute and be a game changer. Uh, but you can't do that if you're injured all the time. And Definitely I think, so. and I think, and I think strength and conditioning is a huge contributor 
to that. I mean, on top of nutrition, on top of sleep, on top of the other things that, you know, are the control, the controllables, as I always like to say, um, strength sure. and conditioning is so important uh, in that in that injury perspective. Definitely. So, um, yeah, there's uh, uh, another great resource for anyone who's listening, um, a strength coach up in the East Coast called, uh, his name is um, Craig Edwards, and he has a saying that, um, you know, the best ability is availability. And um, if you, you know, if you're hurt, you're, you're not doing anybody any good, yourself, your teammates. And um, the, the weight room can definitely offer a lot of um, a lot of help in that area. You know, that the term injury prevention, you know, that's a whole nother a whole nother topic for another day. But I really, you know, I don't I don't like that term. We can't we can't foolproof anything. Right. We can't, you know, 100 percent. But the weight room and strength training and, you know, movement training. Um, body control, all those things that the weight room offers um, definitely are going to reduce, hopefully, the chances that you might um, you know, sustain an injury um, or lessen the severity of it. And that's, and that's the key is to reduce the chances and also improve your chances. You know, you have great nutrition, you have great hydration, you have great, you know, strength and conditioning, and, you know, you have an advantage over probably a, a lot of other people that are out there, even your teammates. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, uh, Rachel is a wonderful follow on Twitter. We follow her with the West Virginia Soccer Association. That's actually how we discovered Rachel. Um, and uh, where can they find you to follow you? Because you always have some good stuff, especially lately. Rachel's been posting uh, pictures of the new weight room that they're getting down there uh, at her school, uh, which is pretty cool. It's it's extremely neat. I wish we had more of that up here uh, in our state. But uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, well, I appreciate it. We're, we're really blessed, and I'm, I'm very thankful to uh, to be at a, a school in a district that, that places such a, a premium on facilities and athletics. But uh, they can find me on Twitter um, at Rachel K H, uh, the num- and then the number two um, on the on the Twitter handle. Awesome! Make sure you go find her, and we'll make sure to tag her uh, in our uh, social media post. Uh, like I said, she's a fun uh, uh, fun follow, so make sure you do so. Rachel, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Marcus. Always a pleasure. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.